0: to the ESP, the European Skeptics podcast. An independent weekly show set out to bring you news, interesting topics and interviews with people mostly from Europe, building bridges and breaking down language barriers to show the world how active and awesome the skeptical movement is in the region. This is episode 271. I'm your host Annika Harrison and joining me for the show is my co-host Pontus Bergman. Hello.
1: Hey son, hey son. How are you Annika?
0: Oh, I'm great, like Listeners might have noticed that I'm not Andrash. <laughs> so
1: I, I did. I did notice the difference. Yes. Yeah. He's not difference.
0: with us today, but he will be with us next week again. Yes.
1: I yeah. Hope. You're right. Apparently, he was so badly affected by his COVID shot that he's preparing to join the flat Earth movement. Was, yeah, was that he, he,
0: something I read? Yeah also like he said he can he has like full connection with 5G 4G 3G and Wi-Fi now.
1: Oh that's very so, convenient actually. And
0: and radio so he's a bit confused by all the channels in his head now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's channeling something. Channeling everything. Yeah yeah so it's very unusual <laughs> and undocumented COVID-19 uh, yeah. vaccine side effect. <laughs> if that is true I think we'll uh, leave it uh, for him to explain to better explain when he gets back. Week, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing I, I do think he did not miss, however busy he may be, is the the helicopter flying yes. on Mars. Did you see it, Annika?
0: It's really cool, isn't it? Like, I, I only saw the article. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, okay, okay. But, uh, hey, it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, we already said before it could, like, if it would be on Earth, we would say, like, well, yeah... Yeah, that's Barbara right. A w- drone. <laughs> the, the
1: video, if it that I saw, I, I saw the video. If it had been filmed on Earth, I wouldn't have been overly impressed. It's filmed from the actual rover, some distance away. It's hard to say, but it's probably they didn't want it to crash into the rover, and then it just lifts. It's about how much two, three meters up, and then it just hovers there, and then it settles down again. I think it's over in about thirty seconds. Yeah, so. From a entertainment point of view, it was not little bit disappointing from a scientific achievement point of view. Yes. It's huge. So
0: um Yeah, because this is still another planet and, and it's not like the like Mars is so close to us or anything. It's it's really cool.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> is great. And and it's all done remotely. If you yeah. they cannot do anything about it. Actually, the scientists here on Earth they'll have to wait. I'm sure they're biting their nails. <laughs> to see this video long after it actually happened. So, yeah. there's nothing they can do if anything goes wrong. So, well done, I think.
0: It's so cool and so scientific that like I wouldn't know how to do it and that means it's like there's so much <laughs> science there that we don't even know that there is because it's so complicated.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, and so, f- yeah. fully cool thing. <laughs> independent automated taking all the small decisions itself over there yeah Um, yeah great
0: awesome awesome well done (laughs) really right
1: (laughs) really right exactly
0: yeah and uh, something that's also really right is what happened this week in skepticism so let's just get over to that
1: more science
0: Yeah, this week in skepticism, on April 20th, 1902, Pierre and Marie Curie successfully isolated radioactive radium salts. And that is in itself a really cool scientific thing. Let me just explain why it's also cool for skeptical senses. (laughs) But also first something about the thing itself. They isolated radioactive radium salts from Peach Blender. They did that in Paris. I would also like to say that Marie Curie was born um, Maria Skodowska. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, write in, send us those sound files as usual. Yeah, please do, how to because I, I
0: butchered that. <laughs> and she was born in Warsaw, Poland in 1867. And she was a better scientist who had a huge impact on physics and chemistry. And the couple also coined the term radioactivity. They discovered radium and polonium. And Marie Curie was the first female professor of the University of Sorbonne. Pierre Curie died 1906. Marie Curie won two Nobel Prizes, which yeah. is pretty awesome.
1: Especially for that time. This is more than 100 years ago. Yes. And people uh, were... Even more bigoted than... Yeah. That's, you know, there's still yeah. some bigotry today, but at the time, it was really, really... Uh,
0: exactly. Fantastic. Because she also she had to take to different routes to even like study, to yeah. go to university as a woman. She died in 1934 um, of leukemia caused by exposure to radioactive substances, and she was 66 by that point. Now you might ask like, hey, yeah, that's really cool and she's an awesome person and like, you can just also give her a shout out for being a cool person. But I just wanted to say as a scientist, it's important to be skeptical. And if you suspect there's like something um, there like radium or you discover things, then you also have to provide evidence of your claims and Marie and Pierre Curie did exactly that by isolating the radium <laughs> so yeah um, because they had skeptics that said like hey you know something like that doesn't actually uh, exist and we don't believe that and they did find and could isolate it and had it at the evidence there and that's something we we should always follow like follow the evidence and that's why I thought this is actually a good example of how science works and how we should still be skeptical. Yeah, now because
1: at the time today we take it from gr- for granted that some substances are radioactive but if you've never even heard of the concept it must yeah. look it must seem like magic are you telling me that this rock or this substance <laughs> is sending out things that i cannot see that n- we've never heard of we don't have any explanation for it it must be in your head it must be um, something <laughs> you've dreamed up and uh, it wasn't of course but they they managed to prove what it was. Well, I don't know how far they came into explaining exactly what it was, but that there was something there. And then, of course, later uh, it was explained how it worked and what an isotope is and how it decays and things like that.
0: Yeah, so that was this week in Skepticism. And we can now go over to the Pope. If we have something for the Pope Pontus?
1: Actually, I don't know what it is with the pope these days because he is just <laughs> he's not not doing anything. He's participating in Zoom calls and stuff and he sends greetings across the world, but nothing that I really think is worth mentioning here. So, instead, I have in Andras' absence, I have prepared a short COVID-19 update. Very good. <laughs> Yes, so Andras, of course, usually is the one doing the COVID-19 update, but uh, since he's not here, I will uh, just take that from him and um, at least mention something that I think is very good, actually, very something that was sent to us from our good friend Bob in Spain. Thank you, Bob, as always. This is in Spanish uh, and it was published in El País, but it works very well with Google Translate since it's mostly a diagram anyway, not too much text. And it is a graphical flow demonstrating something very important, I think. Uh, What they did in El País is they took uh, and set up two theoretical scenarios side by side to demonstrate what happens if you vaccinate 100,000 people on the one hand or if you don't vaccinate 100,000 people on the other, and they put it in the flow side by side. In the flow, they go on step by step to demonstrate statistically how many people will get infected in either case, and then how many of those... Uh, who are infected will end up in hospital, how many of those then will go into ICU, how many will die, and in the end when you compare the two scenarios you will see how many lives were saved in this theoretical experiment. But it, it the interesting thing is it visualise it so well so that you can get a grip on something that is rather abstract otherwise. So very clearly demonstrated. And it's also to me and to, I think, everybody is a good reminder to see that even in the group of the 100,000 people who were vaccinated, there will still be a few infections and even a few deaths because vaccines are not 100% effective. It's easy to forget that. So what's the verdict then? How good is it? How many people do you save if you vaccinate 100,000 people versus not doing it? Well, it depends, of course, because it's a science. It depends on the demographic of the group. Not all people are the same. It's about age and it's a question of, of men versus women to some extent and also risk groups if, if in anybody of those 100,000 are in a risk group. But on average, 250 in the unvaccinated group will end up in, ho- in the hospital, but only 13 in the vaccinated group. But still, 13 people of the vaccinated group will end up in hospital. 25 in the unvaccinated group will go into ICU, but only one or two in the vaccinated group. And that's a big win only there. 60 people will die if there's no vaccination, but only three will die in the group that was vaccinated. So even though only uh, one or two will go into ICU in the vaccinated group, about three people will still die. That's important to remember that uh, you don't fully get rid of the disease by vaccination, but it makes a lot of a difference. And then you have to remember as well, this is a theoretical experiment just based on known statistics, and it's only over a few months. But because if you're not vaccinated... And time goes on, a year passes by or maybe two, then then you get hit by the risk of being infected again and again and again. So o- over time, the, the difference must be bigger, even if they don't demonstrate it there. So overall, on average, in a few months, you save about 57 lives by vaccinating 100,000 people. That's a lot. That That's a lot. You should remember that. And then, of course, there is this thing that they mention, the risk of getting blood clots complication from the AstraZeneca vaccine. So let's mm-hmm. say that all of these people were vaccinated by with the AstraZeneca, and maybe also the Janssen vaccine it may have the same problem. We don't know that yet. About one in 100,000 will get this complication, but we should remember that about 80% of those will recover again from the side effects. So So that but it's a very small number compared to the sixty that will die in the group that you don't do anything with. So I don't I don't know, it's a lot of numbers. Maybe it's confusing when I just rattle a lot of numbers to you. So so I recommend you go and look it up for yourself because the diagrams themselves are very easy to understand, very clearly demonstrated. And as I said, it's it's in Spanish, but you just switch on the Google Translate and it's very, very easy to, to read them.
0: Yeah, thank you, Pontus, for this update. And thank I you. think we should find out what we have for news. Yeah, and for this, I actually read a study... About adverse events linked to pediatric alternative medicine in the Netherlands. And it was really interesting, but also pretty infuriating. I have to <laughs> Depressing,
1: say. I would suspect, yeah. yeah.
0: The study documented pediatric adverse events associated with complementary and alternative medicine over three years. And uh, they have found 31 cases, which is, of course, not a lot of uh, kids that were harmed. But when you also see that there was also no benefit because, yeah.
1: There's, there's risk without benefit. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. And every, every harm is too much. This study was published in the March European Journal of Pediatrics and they pretty much gave an overview over, over this study. Pediatric scam use, uh, scam is like so-called alternative medicine or complementary and alternative medicine. Is common in the Netherlands. Um, 5% of kids under 12 went or or had this treatment in 2017, and 12% of kids were taken settlement or herbal remedies. This is pretty much equivalent to, for example, to the US, and the bulk of that was going to a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. The study looked into adverse effects directly or indirectly caused by scam and was ranging from mild harm to fatal. As I said, they found 31 adverse events in three years, ranging from 10 weeks, like a baby of 10 weeks, to 16 years of age. Two-thirds were indirectly harmed by a delay or discontinuation of appropriate care, that was 16 people, by an extremely restrictive diet, four, incorrect Mm -hmm. diagnosis, two, and nine cases of direct harm, of which three were um, only infants. And of these 31 cases, 8 suffered from mild harm, 12 from moderate harm, 8 from severe and thre- 3 from life-threatening. 5 were admitted to the hospital and 1 required intensive care for over a month. Wow. In 8 cases, it was provided by a physician. So <laughs> also very infuriating. So I also wrote down a few examples. Um, there was, for example, an 8-year-old with autoimmune hypothyroidism. And he had a very good prescribed medication, which got replaced by herbal remedy.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, and um, there was also a 14-year-old who had appendicitis, who went into septic shock and had multiple organ failure despite taking homeopathy.
1: Oh, despite having taken yeah. homeopathy, it's as if it doesn't work almost. Yeah. Yes,
0: <laughs> seems like yeah.
1: Jesus. <laughs> so sugar pills against yeah. sepsis? Huh.
0: There was also a sixteen-year-old boy who got diagnosed with a sensitivity for electromagnetic radiation, mm. and then uh, his um, therapy was to not leave the house anymore. And he actually suffered from like isolation, as if he would would have been like a prisoner. So, because he was couldn't leave the house anymore. So that was actually very uh, infuriating. Which which just tells us again that Quackery is dangerous. Is very dangerous. Like if people ask what's the harm, that's the harm. And the total numbers may be small, but as we already said, if there's only risk, no benefit, then you can just say or see that scam should be avoided. Uh,
1: uh, yes, and regardless of risk. Yeah. There's a 100% risk that you waste your time and money yes, on something yes, that doesn't work exactly. as well. So that's yeah. not even into yeah. that equation yet.
0: Um, in the study, they said the biggest risk is actually delaying or discontinuing the, the working treatments right. <laughs> uh, prescribed by legitimate professionals. And they also said they're very sure that like the 31 cases are not all and that there's a massive, un- massive underreporting, especially in the mild cases. Because, like, I, I'll just give you an example. I um, watched a video of someone, um, a young mother, and she said, yeah, she's still a bit sore from coming from the chiropractor, but that's normal because that's, that's how you feel after a chiropractor and that just means it worked. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> that's already mild harm, you know, that already right. classifies as that. <laughs> right.
1: And then so, there's the fact, of course, that if you are a parent who have given this, provided this treatment to a, your children, yeah, it's very very hard to admit even to yourself that it wasn't working and or even that it uh, did harm because you're so invested in it. and yeah. you try to rationalize it with things like, well, it just proves that it works.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or um, like with homeopathy, where they also say like, oh, it's supposed to get worse before it gets better. They just claim that oh, yeah, it's just like homeopathy. It's just like it supposed to get worse because before it gets better, and. Yeah, it's it's so infuriating, and and I just want to say, like, hey, people, just be skeptical and, right. and don't go there if if or like don't don't go there if your skeptical senses are tingling in a way.
1: Right. the the The, the trick is to make those skeptical senses tingle, and I, yeah. g- I guess that's our job. But
0: <laughs> yeah. we tingle your skeptical senses.
1: It <laughs> could be our new tagline. <laughs> Okay, so over to uh, back a little bit to COVID nineteen and to conspiracy theories, maybe perhaps, Ooh. because there <laughs> has been hints and speculation about that all the new bad news that we hear about the AstraZeneca slash Oxford vaccine is so there's something fishy with that. So how is it possible? that AstraZeneca made so many mistakes in communication early on, and why is it that they are the ones being investigated for one very rare, but, but serious uh, side effect, possible side effect? Is that all of that, is it bad luck, or is it incompetence, or is it uh, is there some sort of campaign directed towards them, to discredit them? So if you feel that That may be possible, then uh, you should listen to this news. Several Norwegian researchers that looked into the AstraZeneca side effects at Oslo University, they failed to disclose that they had been paid by Pfizer and another vaccine company called Bayer. Dun-dun-dun! So it's all a conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) The plot thickens. However, uh, exciting as this might seem... It probably was, in this case, anyway, just an innocent mistake and an oversight on the on the researcher's part. The leading professor, called Paul Andre Holme, has apologized. He thought that these payments were not relevant to their study, but that he, also that in hindsight he realized that it may look a little bit shady. The payments were spread over the last five years, and it was in total around a hundred thousand euro. And of course that's money, but over such a long time it's not that much in context. And also it wouldn't explain that other researchers have found the same problem, and, and it wouldn't explain the communication blunders that was done by AstraZeneca. So I, I, I think I think they are sincere. I think they just forgot to put it in the in the paper that they had this possible conflict of interest, but I don't think it is anything serious. Um, we'll see, though. Uh, there might be other reports uh, later on.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting to follow that and, and to pretty much see history in the making. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, something that also is very interesting, but also very face palmy in a way. Mm-hmm. is uh, that salmonella could be tied to a herbal product because there is a salmonella outbreak in Denmark um, and they could found that it's linked with using a herbal product. It so far affected 33 people, 19 got hospitalized and 3 died. Wow. The product they were talking about was psyllium um, seed husk herbal capsules and they recovered the product from the home of two patients and could subsequently prove that it contained salmonella. It's pretty cool that they could do that, I have to say. Like, they could say, well, like, huh, they both have the same product there, so let's see, and and they could prove that there was salmonella in it. So then the products, of course, got recalled. It's the first time that they found this in a herbal product, or could prove that it was in a herbal product. And the problem here is that people were taking it with pre-existing stomach problems, and then you might attribute salmonella symptoms to the, your existing stomach problems. And that's why the spokesperson said, or the Danish um, spokesperson said, that it's very difficult to detect this outbreak and that she's, um, yeah, she's not, not scared or anything, but she says it's um, it's a difficult situation. And here you can see again why scam is dangerous.
1: Yes, and again... I don't think there are many people on earth that actually benefits from this product. It's just unnecessary to take it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because if you need psyllium seeds, just take psyllium seeds.
1: Right. And and I'm not a doctor, so don't take medical advice from me. But if you have no other diagnosis and you have a varied diet yeah. then then you don't need any supplements like this
0: or let the doctor check <laughs> yeah
1: but if you if you think you do go to a real doctor and he will prescribe something that you yeah. need or tell you that you don't need anything
0: or or tell you like to exercise more to to chew more to eat more very like something like yes. that but so he, will have have an, or he or she will have a good insight and will give, give you a professional opinion and yeah But
1: but a lot of people just take these extra supplements and herbal things because they think, well, it can't hurt. Well, obviously it It can can. sometimes.
0: And that's also why self-diagnosis is not good. Like go to a doctor, don't take scam medication.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And again, even if it doesn't hurt you physically, it always hurts your wallet. Save your money and do something fun with that.
0: Yeah. Go uh, register on Patreon, for example.
1: (laughs) 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 Very good. And uh, support uh, (laughs) a podcast of your choice.
0: Exactly. Right. (laughs) Patreon.com
1: slash the ESP.
0: Okay. Ending with the commercials, I will give over to my friend Pontus. (laughs) Right. So uh,
1: we have uh, some news from France as well about, uh, speaking of conspiracy theories as well again. In France, the National Health Security Agency, the ANSES, has just presented data that confirms that the new generation of 5G mobile networks currently being deployed there does not present any new risks to (laughs) health. Wow. Okay, surprise, surprise. (laughs) So this was a report on uh, 20th of April, and it was a report that has been long awaited by the French public. So there's no surprise here. Yet again we get confirmation that there is no problem with 5G radiation. And there shouldn't be. Uh, Nothing has been shown so far and there is no theoretical reason that it should be a problem. But still a lot of people cannot seem to accept this. People such as the ones uh, living in the municipality of Lille, the city of Lille in France, who has voted for a moratorium on the deployment of 5G pending this specific report, I I have no idea if they will now change their minds or just call for another delay and waiting for something else. Because very often in these cases, people who are convinced you can't change their minds, even with, with science and data and facts. 5G deployment has started this year in France, and uh, President Emmanuel Macron uh, is a big proponent. He has compared the 5G protesters to the Amish people. <laughs> uh, no, no, no offense to Amish people, but they are seem to be not too eager to adopt new technology. And he said also, it's like uh, you know they advocate returning for the for the oil lamp was his comparison. I don't want to be mean against the Amish people, but religion sometimes make people uh, a bit backwards. And five G protesters are backwards. They are fighting progress, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and like it's it's not like progress for progress' sake. <laughs> No. Which is like blind progress is also not good, as we all know. And climate change, for example, is also like a right. result of that. But also like non-progress for non-progress sake is also stupid.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, the good thing anyway is that uh, the the president has make made his position clear, and and also come on, how much proof, theoretical or practical, do you need? We know that it is scientifically impossible to prove that something does not exist. In this case, you cannot prove that there is no risk with 5G. But as we often say, you can spend your whole life looking for unicorns. And the only thing you have proved at the end of your lifetime there, you you haven't proved that there are no unicorns. What you've proved only is that you didn't find them. But at some stage, you'll have to make a logical conclusion, saying if this is very improbable and nothing points to that this exists, then maybe you have to to assume that there is no unicorns or, in this case, no risk to five G.
0: Yeah, and it's also like I for this guy, for example, in the in the study in the Netherlands, he really suffered because nobody right. could like someone couldn't prove that there wasn't a bad effect of electromagnetic uh, radiation. So it's like, if you don't let it go and just say, hey, it's improbable that, it's, that there is a risk in 5G, then you might also suffer unnecessarily.
1: Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the only thing science can say is that we have not found any risk with something, Yeah. 5G, whatever it is. But what people hear is, Or sometimes here is, well, uh, science has not yet found the risk with this thing. And, And it just spreads uncertainty about science because they haven't found it yet. So there must be something wrong with science. But it also could be that there is nothing to find.
0: And this is maybe like Occam's Razor. It just depends what's more likely, you know?
1: <laughs> right, yes. The most simple explanation is most often the true one.
0: Even There
1: there are exceptions, but if you want to make a shortcut, you can assume that the simpler or less complex solution is probably the right answer.
0: I like the word shortcut in regards to Occam's Razor. That's really <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> so... Thank you, Pontus, for this news item. And I think I would now like to hear if we have a really right or really wrong this week.
1: (laughs) Yes, we do. So again, back to conspiracy theories. What is the harm of believing in them? Well, I have an example here. On uh, 11th of April, a Norwegian woman in her early 70s died. And by the look of it, she died from Covid. She wasn't diagnosed with COVID as such, but her relatives had repeatedly tried to get her to agree to be tested because they felt that she displayed all the signs of being infected, but she refused because she had recently attended an in-person meeting with a person, which I think is fair to characterize as a conspiracy theorist. Mm -hmm. And this person's name is Hans Christian Garder, a guy he was he had a university degree in economics so not in health he has told of the epiphany that he had back in uh, 2008 when he realized the so-called truth about vaccines and vaccinations 2008 was also the year when he was attacked by a mind control ray by the Norwegian police security service
0: okay
1: <laughs> that's his story so we'll mm-hmm. have to believe that as he relates it uh, a low level agent i don't know if he knows how he knows it was a low level agent but it was a low level agent and he used a cell phone sized device on him while hiding behind a newspaper in a cafe so it's like a very early james bond movie and the this mind control ray planted a thought into his head that said again and again I can't bear doing this resistance work anymore, end quote. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there was a voice implanted in, into his head with a mind control ray uh, by the Secret Service, blah, blah, blah. And it would tell, was telling him to stop to fight against vaccines. But he didn't stop, because he was a hero. He instead increased his fight and he started a news site online and managed to make a name for himself as a quote, independent health researcher, end quote, and and more things like that. He held lectures and lately about why and how to establish a quote unquote people's court in Norway, apparently to replace the illegitimate laws of Norway. And um, he also talked about the quote-unquote original 1776 Constitution of the uh, of America of of the USA, and uh, how Trump would soon return as the true 19th president. You know, it's only
0: oh yeah, of course, at least the 19th president. It's like a 29th of February. They only count like every four. Yeah, so. and, and
1: the, sto- <laughs> the story behind that, if if people are not aware, is that. Once upon a time, they've moved the inauguration date, I believe, from March back to, is it the 20th of February or so? I I, I can't remember, but they moved the date... And uh, since uh, they moved the date, all the presidents that was inaugurated on the wrong date, they do not count. Ah. So there's only been 19 true presidents.
0: It's like the same thing with <laughs> Germany actually not like still being in war and not being a state. <laughs> it's like oh. the same weird logic.
1: Right. <laughs> and, and also, of course, he talked about how and why to avoid the COVID vaccination and what a world conspiracy the pandemic is. And this last thing about COVID-19 was the topic of the meeting um, that this now dead lady was attending. And then she refused to believe that she had COVID because how can you have something that doesn't exist? And that proves that conspiracy theories kills you or sometimes kill you. And that also goes for Hans Christian Garder, this conspiracy nut that she listened to. Because reports say that he himself developed COVID-like symptoms which he and his followers just brushed off as nothing or maybe just the... uh, Maybe it was a normal flu but certainly not COVID. But maybe it was COVID because just a few days before the lady in question uh, passed away, he also died. And in the autopsy... He tested positive for COVID-19. There you go.
0: Yeah.
1: It is not harmless. We've yeah. said that a couple of times today. Yes. And it, is, it, it,
0: it is true. <laughs> this is the the harmful episode today. It's yeah, right, scam. maybe that's <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: So uh, to sum up, conspiracy theories can be deadly. And to highlight that, Hans Christian Garder, self-appointed independent health researcher, gets the first ever posthumously awarded prize for being really wrong.
0: Well deserved again. <laughs> yeah. This pretty much concludes our episode. Um, so thank you, Pontus. <laughs> thank you. And thank you to our listeners for their undying support <laughs> of the show. <laughs> and thanks for listening, guys. Please keep doing so. Um, but I don't want to finish the show without uh, giving you guys a quote. and that is in science you don't just get to cherry pick the parts that justify what you are going to do anyway that's religion and that's by (laughs) british american um tv personality john oliver
1: right very good
0: (laughs) (laughs) so pretty fitting fitting quote and yeah please um stay tuned guys um Get t- in touch with us again, and um, we'll see you next week.
1: Hey, and don't forget! Don't forget, you can always. We do mispronounce things all the time, and uh, we have lately asked for people to send us uh, their uh, recordings of how to really pronounce those yes. pesky names. Uh, please continue to do so, and t- let us know if we can play them on the show. That would be exactly fun. so. Yeah. Like
0: if everybody knows how to pronounce Marie Curie's maiden name, please. Yeah, get in touch. Let's
1: start start with that.
0: Yeah, Yeah. because I I will butcher it. Okay, yeah, so thank you guys and tschüss. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Byslatt.
2: This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by theesp.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at theesp.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Rupp and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu Follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook.
0: I don't know how you can believe
1: okay so i'll do on heysen again heysen heysen no that'll (laughs) (laughs) be became a very bad (laughs) actor a very bad actor trying to imitate the great (laughs) genius of pontus (laughs) bergman and now we go into a little bit of a commercial break while a food (laughs) break i would say it's yeah. uh, Hello Fresh coming to you directly from. The, this super is super. Hello Fresh. Super it's <laughs> very fresh. It's from the tap, really. Can you can say that? And uh, we will get back to you very soon. The illegit- illegitimate, the illegitimate. Oh, I can't say that. <laughs> right. In, in a month already. What? What do you get vaccinated? Oh. Oh, she we, oh, we, we so already
0: had a few vaccines. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we start early <laughs> in Germany.
1: Well, maybe we did here as well. I have just forgotten because it was such a long time ago.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, she's. um, What did she have? Uh, bratwurst? Nein.
1: <laughs> bratwurst? You can't get vaccinated with a Bratwurst. Yeah, They're much bratwurst, too
0: blunt. Right.